0: Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward podcast, DJ and Kyle. Welcome to episode 46 of the Embrace the Awkward Podcast, where we have one goal in mind, and that is to help you handle awkward better. I'm, of course, here with my good friend Kyle. How's it going today? Oh, this is going to be an awkward one. This is going to be a really awkward one. And before we get into it, can I just tell an awkward story? Oh, so absolutely. Sometimes things um, like happen in ministry and... Uh, you kind of block it out of the back of your mind, and you don't remember. Okay. So I just remember this time of year, where you know we're we're passing Halloween now, and we're pa- we're in, getting into the holiday season. Yep. Um, I realized that I had an event that happened to me as a volunteer years ago that was really painful. Okay. And I just want to tell this. So I was a volunteer, um, kind of interim intern at the time at this church, and uh, the volunteer team said, "Hey, let's play." um human pinata. Here's a shirt with candy duct tape to it. Run. Oh, no. Run. And they said, Were you the pinata? Yes. And they sent four kids chasing me around a farm. <laughs> they tackled me and like they like were bending like pressure pointing on my wrist and all these different things and like the candy was gone and they're still throwing me to the ground. I I just that memory of that story popped into my uh, head for some reason. I would have
1: played that game so bad now. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So so you can play that game. Just don't make it me. Make it one of your poor interns or something. So anyway, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. So yeah, this is going to be a fun episode today. This is probably one of the most real and raw episodes you're going to get. Yes. And so what is this episode? So we're doing Confessions of a Youth Pastor. And what we're going to do is we have a couple questions that We've thought of that maybe with our demented minds are a little deeper than we want to go sometimes, but we're going to ask just some questions, some some honest, brutally honest moments about stuff we've done. To each other, yeah. To each other. Yeah, we have not seen these questions before, so if there are awkward pauses or you know different things like that, it's
1: because we have absolutely no idea yeah. what's being asked of each so other. I came up with questions for DJ. DJ came up questions for me, but we have not seen them beforehand. And I want to apologize up front if some of our answers you are directly affected by. If, as in, um, if we had a regret and you're listening as a, a previous church or family that is uh, included in this. But what we wanted to, the purpose behind this Confessions of a Youth Pastor or Youth Worker is really uh, saying that youth ministry is hard and we're imperfect beings and we've made mistakes and it's a struggle. So at times... We have to just be honest with ourselves, honest with our past in order to heal and move on. So this is just something that it's good to just take a honest inventory, if you will, of our past ministry um, assessment. So I've been in youth ministry for 18 years. DJ, you have been? Uh, this is starting my third year. Yeah. So our answers and questions will probably be a little different. Um, if you say, "Hey, name your biggest regret," you only have three years worth of ministry. Right? There's no offense to that. It's just it's probably have a little bit more um, easier time to answer that. But I have found in my 18 years that a lot of years run together, um, and and so sometimes. I've struggled with, oh, yeah, I totally messed up on that, but I didn't even forget. You want to talk about years mistake? running together? I haven't even had a full year of in-person ministry in
0: my career yet. Because <laughs> of COVID, <laughs> yes. Wow, that's blowing my mind. Yep, so all you veteran youth workers out there, you're hearing that, and you're like, what? Yeah, that's, seriously, that's my first, my very first year of ministry. I didn't even get to do ministry half the year. So I did ministry. Don't hear me wrong. There. Anyway. How about in-person ministry? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask the first question here. Okay, so we talked about that I'm in my first three years of ministry here, but I want you to think back to your first couple years of ministry. In fact, okay. I'd like you to think back to your first six months. Oh my goodness! Of youth ministry, I know this is hard. You're yeah, pretty yeah. old. Uh, I want to know the <laughs> what was your cringiest moment of ministry in your
1: first six months? Wow, you're you're talking almost two decades ago. I am. You had to make me think like right away. <laughs> um. Honestly, um, part of the reason why we started this podcast is I can remember several awkward moments throughout my entire ministry career, and I just didn't know how to avoid that. I, I remember um, my first two weeks on, I decided I'm going to go at, and meet every student in the youth ministry. There's only eight. Um, and I would go and to their house. Wow. So I'm knocking on the doors. That's awkward. Um, It it was. And it was a huge mistake. They didn't want me in their homes. They're like, we don't know you. Like, they didn't say that, but you could definitely tell. Like, why are you coming to see my home and and want to get to know me? Why don't we just go for ice cream? Like, there was this, like, visual standoffish. Oh, boy. So – I totally would not do that. I would I would hang out with them for a few uh, for a couple of weeks in youth ministry first before I meet them the first week because some of them didn't even know I was hired yet. There were oh, some families who didn't what? attend. Yeah, like who are you? Oh, I work at the church. They don't have a youth pastor. Well, I, I was just hired last week. Like, I'm trying to justify That's my job. Crazy. I do remember um, one family, and they brought me in. They said, "Yeah, sure, come on over. Um, we're gonna have spaghetti." And the dad was a direct shooter. Like he, he was like, uh, "Sorry, a straight shooter." He was pretty much, I'm going to share it how it is and who cares about feelings. So he wasn't mean. He just was direct. Sure. He, he We had dinner. Halfway through the dinner, they have uh, some young girls in youth ministry, and the mom was super nice. We had spaghetti. And he says, I just want to let you know, um, you know, that when the church voted, and it was like 56 to 2, um, me and my wife were the ones who voted no on you. <laughs> So what do you do? I'm like eating my spaghetti. I'm like halfway through a bite on spaghetti. I'm like, uh, okay. And I thought That's I'm awesome. going to kick out. They're like, no, we just want to be honest. And so you don't, uh, you don't have to guess who was that too. I never even thought about wow. who the person said no to. Cause I, again, I wasn't there at the vote. Wow. Um, and they, they still were respectful, but th- they said, we just don't think any vote should be unanimous in the church. Um, so I, so I was like, okay, so it wasn't me personally, but he says, after hearing your ministry philosophy, I think we would still vote. No, <laughs> this is a direct, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. This is a direct conversation. And, and I'm telling you, that was the peak awkward situation. Cause I'm like, uh, um, wow. okay. And I was naive and young and inexperienced enough to not stand my ground and say, oh, okay. It's like, whoa, man. Yeah. Maybe I need to rethink my. Ministry of Philosophy, uh, I'm pretty young at this. Like I totally was apologetic, sure. this entire thing. Wow. And I could have changed it to anything, and he wouldn't like it. But again, they're smiling. They gave me spaghetti. They never insulted me directly. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that's wow. that would be my cringeworthy kind of moment. And to this day, I'm still getting goosebumps. I'm feeling goosebumps right now. <laughs> Just by thinking about that moment. Oh wow! And spaghetti had for a few years after that was a trigger food for me. Like when I saw spaghetti, I thought back. Yeah, seriously. Now I don't, but I think it's great. But wow. So yeah, that's that would be my answer. Wow. And that was like the first two weeks of ministry. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> and this is what happens when you're in a small church. Sure. Um, you know, I think 150 people were showing up on a Sunday morning when I got there. So. Small churches are just a different breed than big churches. They and, are. And I've worked in both, and there's plus and minuses for both. I've had people tell – I had a lady tell me
0: that, you know, when I when you started here, I voted no for you, but so far you've impressed me is what I got. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I'll throw you a super softball question. Super easy. Okay. Okay. Have you ever changed the score of a game to make it more competitive or to make it unfair to a certain team or individual? Oh, totally. And then why? Why'd you do
0: it? Totally. So a story with this was like, so there was a night, I don't even remember what the topic was, but basically there were, I had broken up different tables of kids that were going to read through some scripture and then given some different ways to go through it to find different things. And each group was going to share just a little bit of... I don't know. I don't remember the full story. But so this team had just been winning every question. It was kind of like the athletic team. Yeah. You know, sometimes just naturally forms on accident, sometimes on purpose. But they, uh, they were just winning everything. And so... I started saying like, uh, okay, instead of having like the thing you have to pick up to answer the question here, we're gonna move it like way over here. And I was just doing, I was like, uh, you're right, but I'm not giving you the point, and you get. The, and I was just like, I was being that obvious. <laughs> that obvious? Just, oh yeah, I was like, no, I don't want you to win this easy. So, um, so then there was the there was one girl on the team, and she uh, thought it was very unfair. And so when I started breaking kids into their tables, she goes, well, if you don't play by the rules, then I don't. So, and so then she just stood there and crossed her arms the whole entire time. And I said, I'm not going to force you to sit down and distract everyone else at your table. So if you'd like to stand on the side, that's fine. Oh my goodness. And so like the whole entire night, she's like, well, if you're not going to play by the rules, neither
1: am I. And I was like, yeah, I mean, okay." just so you know, if you are um, a small group leader, a parent or a student listening to the podcast right now, uh, confessions of a Youth Worker. All, and I'm saying all youth workers have changed or had to change a score, yep, um, to make it more fair or interesting or competitive or less competitive, whatever. Because that's just, it, It's hard to continue on a game when one per team is dominating and the others are not having fun. Yep.
0: And I will. This is a little bit of a side note with this one, but so the other week we did a kids event at an elementary school in my town. Um, and I was just in charge of having music playing and, and giving out some prizes. And this girl won two prizes and no other kids had even won a prize. There were like 200 kids there. Um, and, uh, (laughs) this girl won two prizes. And so then she starts begging, saying, I want more tickets. I want more prizes. I deserve all the prizes. And so everyone was just getting annoyed with how much she was asking for more like raffle tickets. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give you more. And I took off a roll of like 40 and i you know gave her half and then i turned around and threw the other half in the trash <laughs> and the leaders were like what was uh, <laughs> <that's> genius <laughs> and diabolical i was like no more prizes for you <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like the people the guy who was giving out the tickets was like, "Why are you
1: doing uh, this?" And then I and threw him away, and he was uh, like, "I <laughs> just set her hopes up for like I'm, she was I'm guaranteed like... to win and nothing."
0: And, well, it was even funnier because then every single time I drew a raffle ticket, she'd get them out of her pocket and lay them all out on the table and be going through all the numbers, and I, I'm just like, "You did not win, girl. I'm just telling you, you did not win." So uh, uh, anyway, what you got? Uh, okay. Uh, so here's kind of an interesting question. I want to know what is... So you give a lot of messages. I mean, obviously, we both speak pretty much on a regular, a weekly yes. basis. Yeah. We both do camps and conferences and workshops, different yep. things. Um, what is your biggest fear in giving messages? So not like audit, like your biggest fear of a message, like a certain one, but just your biggest general fear of speaking in front of people, in front of students.
1: Man, okay. So doing... Um, I have spoke to big groups, small groups, uh, young adults. I've preached in big church multiple times. I mean, tons of times. Yeah, I would say I'm less nervous now than I ever did before, partly because I put so much pressure on myself early on. And this is, I would say... Sin category, pride is, and if I don't do a good job, people are not going to come to Christ. and Sure. And they're going to leave the church and become atheists because I messed up and said second Moses instead of Genesis and, <laughs> and all, all this stuff. And now I have a lot less nerves in that. Um, but one thing that I have become a little bit more self-conscious on is like coming across... That I'm stupid or ignorant, um, so I, I I try to make a joke and it just is insulting or terrible. And it's not corny. Corny's funny, uh, but I'm saying like, man, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That's been a fear of mine is not coming across that I'm somehow wise or understand scripture in the right way, and sure. I just come across as an idiot. And and it's because of YouTube, honestly. I've I've seen so many people try to interpret scripture a certain way or give a message. And man, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, this guy has no idea. Right. Uh, or this girl has no idea what they're talking about. Right. And I just don't want to be that guy. Um, and, and partly because I, I've given up control a lot on, oh, my message is going to change the world and going to change every person in this room. Um, And, and <laughs> so I, that was my pressure early on. But now I would say, just don't be an idiot. Sure. And the other thing, and this is weird, uh, that my fly is open. That mm. that there's something so scandalous and embarrassing that that people just don't know, and they don't tell me until, until the message is over. And now my entire message is ruined because uh, they were looking at something that's definitely inappropriate, and it's and I'm vulnerable and. That's probably a weird fear. That's
0: a, I mean, that's a good one though.
1: I check it like, three or four times before I get on stage.
0: I check every single time I wear <laughs> jeans and I'm going it anywhere. I know. I'm like checking my. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: All yeah. right. All right. Uh, so let's let's do this, okay? What do you wish parents would do more of or do differently right now? Like in your parents of your youth, what do you wish they would do differently or do more of? Interesting. Huh. Okay. So I think for me... And we'll see if any parents are listening
0: right now. (laughs) We'll see if any parents are listening. I think they should pay the youth. (laughs) Um, No, I wish that just... I mean, more, I wish something parents would realize is that, like, something that youth workers really love is just being able to spend time with their students. Like, and so if there's stuff going on at home or, like, if they have questions or they're feeling like they're not equipped... To parent their kid or spiritually like have those conversations like it's awkward to reach out especially in my case because you're a parent reaching out to a out of college kid that doesn't it isn't married or doesn't have kids yet it's so, like why would I reach out to you for parenting advice on how to spiritually <laughs> parent my kid right but at the same time like I wish that parents would realize that like my job is caring for your student spiritually and it's one of my favorite things to do and I want to help you do that as well so I wish that parents would realize that like you know Partly that uh, I'm not a 24-year-old youth pastor that doesn't really know what he's doing. That's just yeah. an honest you moment. Which, you know
1: nothing about teenagers. What are you talking about?
0: Right, exactly. But also just that, like, yeah, I would love to partner with you. Like, that's a huge part of ministry. We all admit that that's a huge part of ministry and agree, but it's for some reason I feel like parents are, like, hesitant to go, hey, why don't you talk to your youth pastor for help in this moment? Or why don't, like... You know, there's other stuff that you can tell a a youth pastor, youth leader, whatever, that you don't necessarily want to tell your parents.
1: And that's something that a wide variety of reasons for that, if I could jump on to this. We have some parents who don't even acknowledge that the church is a resource. And they, they either got to do it all on their own or they're not spiritual enough to understand um, what their student needs spiritually is not just parent inv- influence, which they totally need, but it's more than that. Then you also have parents who don't trust the church, yeah, don't trust the youth ministry, um, or they don't trust the youth ministry and it's only the church. Um, and you have parents who go around you, and I've had this multiple times, and go straight to the lead pastor, and the lead pastor's like, uh, I don't know anything about TikTok Right, you need to talk to Kyle. Um, I've actually had families who do that, but the but because uh, I'm the youth pastor and not the lead pastor, sure, I know ne- less knowledge of life, of scripture, of social media, of everything. Right. So it, it's just interesting how sometimes parents don't realize we're here to resource and help. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we're in competition. Yeah.
0: And I also, well, I'll just add this to another thing I want parents to realize is like your words of like hello and thank you go a really long way in encouraging your youth pastor, like your youth worker, your small group leader, like your text message that says like, hey, my kid came home and was talking about fun fun night at youth group. Thank you. That's stuff that I think about for like a week. Like, I mean, I had a parent comment on my Facebook post today said like, hey, my kid's friend had a great time at youth group last week. And I'm like, screenshot, print off, put in my feel good files. Like, I mean, like that's the type of stuff that, you know, and so those little encouragements that aren't even necessarily like, purposefully encouraging those go a long way
1: yeah okay um all right let's let's do a, a, um i think this could be a fun one but we'll see and you have to be honest okay, okay. this is gonna maybe affect your job oh no all right because you're currently <laughs> at your your church i am um name all the things you hate about your youth room <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> sure uh so the first on my list and um, you have
1: your own building. I do. I have my own uh, building. That's awesome. It's pro- I wish I had
0: if that. If I were to guess, it's probably around fifteen hundred square feet. Okay. Um the rooms are awkward sizes and the walls are paper thin. So like I have groups that like the girls' small group meets next door to the junior high and the girls are like, We're trying to focus and the or vice versa, because the girls are having a good time and the right. junior has finally focused in. Um and, <laughs> and so they can hear each other. Okay. Yeah. So no, uh, first on the list is that um, like we have a big room meeting area where we do our our just our group stuff, um, the messages, and the, there's a drop ceiling in there that's like seven and a half feet. It's such a low ceiling, and it makes it You <laughs> so can't play any games that are not just like stage quiz games. I mean, you can't throw a ball, you can't do, yeah. you toss things, you can't, you can't
1: you, have tall people stand up.
0: <laughs> yeah, can't do any of that. Um, the lighting for the stage is weird so we've had to be really creative in how we create a stage backdrop. Um, there are you have
1: ha- windows that are covered by trash bags. I we ha- I point that out.
0: We do have a few windows <laughs> that are we have less windows now because I actually one of the creative things we did was I made these light panels that um, cover some windows on our stage. there were two windows and they have wood framing and it's <laughs> necessarily not attractive. Uh, another thing I don't like is that um, I'll get into two parts with this the door. Uh, so the door, uh, is too far off the ground. And so every week I have to vacuum up a whole entire bag's worth of bugs and crickets and (laughs) spiders and you can leave no food out on the counter because it's, there's mice that will get into anything and everything. Um, the second part of that is a safety part because the door, um, cannot legally be locked with people inside because it's too old. So for safety measures, our doors, our one entry and exit is constantly unlocked. <laughs> um
1: Yeah. So if you know your youth group and you want some free chairs, go ahead to his <laughs> youth group. Uh,
0: so that's you know, there it's a great let, let me let me close this by saying this. It's a great space. We've made a lot of improvements. Things have changed a lot, um, just because the size of our group has changed. And so we've we've found a place right now that we're pretty much using it at the maximum that we can. Um, and it's a great space. I mean, it's awesome to have my own building um, where, where you know, that we can do that in. I've got people who volunteer in different areas just in, like, food or different things that, or, that we have a small, like, kitchen type of thing that I've got people who just run that and do awesome with it. So it's a great little building, <laughs> um, but it's limiting at the same time. So that's that's kind of where I'm at.
1: What about the flooring? Oh,
0: yeah, the flooring. So each room has different carpet. <laughs> The main room, the big room, has a two-inch thick pad. Oh. And, like, if you walk in your socks, it's like Velcro on your <laughs> socks. It's not actually a Velcro floor, but it feels it's like Velcro so sticky. on your socks. And so we had a pool table in there uh, at for a time. And I don't know how – there's probably 20, 30 perfectly round holes in the ceiling tiles from the seven-and-a-half-foot ceiling because it's kind of tempting when it's that close. Um and then moving that pool table was, of course, a feat, like every pool table. But now there's permanent two-inch deep imprints in our <laughs> carpet from where the pool table was. So, okay, um, yeah, and it's very na- – I had a kid one time – a brand new, first, this is a great story. I had a brand-new kid first time. Um, he spilled some food on the floor, so he cleaned it up with a bottle of bleach spray.
1: Oh, he did not.
0: And I came over, and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm cleaning up this lasagna. And I said, like, what are you using? And he said, this is bleach. And I was like – <laughs> what and so there's a really nice white spot on our carpet now too so i said thank you for promptly cleaning it up that's yeah. very nice the one so, time
1: you don't want them to clean literally yeah so, so i don't, if you could rank your youth room one to ten, ten being perfect, one being absolutely worst. What would you say right now? You're five. Okay, wow. All I right, think that's, a good five. That's actually higher than I thought you would. Four
0: do or it. five. I probably four or five. Okay. Yeah, four. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things that could fit our group better, and we need. We need. We're starting to get to the point where we need more space. Yeah, um, and it could of course be modern. I mean, it's an old building. You could used... take
1: over the grocery store that's next to you.
0: We could, yeah. <laughs> it's it's for sale for seventy five k. So, and that's about our youth budget if you subtract to the seventy. Big sale fundraiser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, hey, I get to ask you two questions in a row now, though, because oh. you asked me two in a row. Well, that
1: was all together.
0: No, that was two separate questions. What the ranking one?
1: No. What
0: you asked me, um, whatever the last question was. You, no. And then you asked me the one about my youth room. You have okay. to be two in a row. It's fine. Uh,
1: I, I, I've now lost track.
0: That's okay. I'm going to do two in a row, and I'm going to uh, start out with a really good one. Okay. Hopefully, maybe. Have you and Katie ever had a major disagreement in front of students? Oh,
1: my goodness. Yes. Katie is
0: Kyle's wife, by the way.
1: Yeah. That's my lovely wife. She is my ministry partner and partner in life and just my love of, li- of my life. Um, we've been together for many years. I'm just going to say that. Um, <laughs> But we met in college. So, uh, I, uh, we actually met in the year 2000. So, 21 years ago, we actually met. Wow. And our story is kind of unique. And I won't get into the details, but the Cliff Notes version is when I started my first church, we were engaged. We broke off our engagement. All right. While I'm a youth pastor at this church. And that's awkward. She still was one of my adult leaders. For the year, that's awkward. So I couldn't. It would be so awkward. Yeah, that is awkward. I couldn't fire her as a small group leader because she wasn't disruptive. She didn't do anything wrong? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And the students loved her, but it was just awkward. She never caused trouble or whatnot. Yikes. She is a strong woman of character, um, but what was interesting is we we broke it off for over a year. Um, long story short, we were pu- I was putting ministry before God and her, and she was putting her uh, career before God and and me, and so we really had to refocus. And God says, "Okay, no, no, I want you to be apart." Um, there was there was no desire to be back together, but we actually had to tell. Our youth ministry, we're going to go to this national conference that happens only every four years. In uh, 2006, it was for 2007, we said, hey, Katie and I, were not engaged anymore. We're not together, and we had to answer all these questions. Yikes. Um <clears throat> So was there fighting? There wasn't direct fighting, but people could definitely tell that there was awkwardness. Sure. In, in that. Totally. Um, we go to this conference, and it happens to have one of our fun days in Disneyland. And the high schoolers, I truly believe they, they staged this. They all disappeared, and Katie and I were left alone and walking through the romantic Disneyland. <laughs> and so we started holding hands because we still felt love for each other. We just didn't, uh, didn't connect um, on putting God first. We totally we did that as a part and fell in love again and then got engaged and then got married and, and lived happily ever after, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> but that was probably the most awkward part. Has Katie and I disagreed in front of the youth? Absolutely. Partly because my wife is the most genuine person and there is never something I don't know what she feels or thinks. She's always expressive. Sure. Um, I play my emotions way more close to the vest. If you will, so Katie has flat out says, "No, that's we're not going to do that." Or, "Hey, Kyle, you need to pay attention to this." Um, it doesn't bother me, but it made some other people awkward, especially if they don't know Katie. Sure, but those who know Katie, yeah. So I have gotten over the awkwardness as much as you could. It still feel a little bit sure with arguing, but other people are like, "Oh, are you guys okay?" Oh, no, no, that's that's fine. We're fine. <laughs> 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 yeah. So that's that's my answer.
0: Gotcha. And here's my second question for you. Uh, What is your biggest blow-off day of the week? Or what day
1: do you just, like, you just don't get a lot done? Oh, that that's an interesting thing because it's, it's changed over the years. My blow – so it, when you say blow-off, what, what are you looking for? Is it no work gets done? Like there's
0: stuff that you need to do and you're well aware of it, but it's just the day that just nothing gets done. Okay. Or, like, you
1: end the day and you're like, wow, I bid, did, like, two things today so there's there's two kind of versions of this one it's my Tuesdays because I fill my Tuesdays with meetings and 90% of the meetings have nothing to do with youth ministry sure. <laughs> so I have this lead staff meeting and then I have the greeters meeting or I have uh, I have to meet this person for lunch or or prayer team or whatever so all, my entire Tuesday I maybe have one hour during the day where I'm answering emails or, or doing some kind of youth ministry work sure. Um, so that I, at the end of the Tuesday, I feel like nothing gets done, although it was done, but I would say actually Wednesdays, um, it's weird. Most youth workers, their Wednesdays are packed. Right. But my Wednesdays, I don't have a youth ministry on Wednesday night. I have a, a middle school director who does it on Wednesday nights, but mine is mainly for high school on Sunday nights. Gotcha. So Thursday is the rush day. Like, oh, So my, see, I Wednesday
0: is why you could call me on my Wednesday and have an yes. hour-long phone conversation yes. that I had to cut off because I'm like, okay, well, I have kids here, so I probably got to go. <laughs> yes, that's totally true. So
1: Wednesdays, uh, I call it my fluff day is if I can get stuff done, Great. But that's usually when I go around and kind of connect with some small group leaders, or I, sure. and do the things that I I could get done. But it's okay if I don't. But I usually take a, a longer lunch on Wednesday and totally not blow it off. But that's where really it is. Sure. Do one or two more questions for you, but here's this might be quick, so we'll see. What is unpopular youth ministry opinion that you have? unpopular youth ministry opinion that other people are like this is great and you're like this is the worst i feel like i've got a few but um let me think of so a ministry you don't like or church you hate but everyone else loves uh lock-ins has been very divisive
0: lock-ins are well i hate lock-ins i haven't done one yet and i thank god every day for that fact i don't know if that's my answer
1: yeah, more and more younger youth workers are not doing lock, uh, lock-ins so i and the older crowd you'd be sacrilegious but i my younger f- youth pastors i
0: value sleep too much if there's something like you know you said that you were putting your career and your you know before like <laughs> sleep is something that i don't put it before god but it's very important <laughs> it's to me right up there <clears throat> and it doesn't have to be like 8 hours you know so like i don't need my beauty sleep but i uh i can i've never pulled an all nighter in my whole life not one wow i fell asleep at my after prom party in high school two years in a row um so I like I You'd I, be the worst. I, date. Went, I literally went to the corner of the gym and curled up in a ball and fell asleep. So yeah, there's one for you. I don't really like um uh lock ins. Um also um I feel like opinion that's not necessarily super popular is that like one thing that I love to do though is that when we have big events, I love to involve as many old people in my church as I possibly can. Okay. Like, I don't know that that's necessarily an unpopular opinion, but it's not the first group of people you go to when you've got to have a volunteer table or, you know, serving, things like that. Um, but, like, I love getting, and maybe this is just a, a one helpful tip or trick. <laughs> we have a big event every year called F 4 Night, um, and I invite our elder board, our stewardship committee, all of these different very influential people that are usually in our church filled with some, some of the older crowd in our church um I invite all of those people specifically to be the volunteers, our shepherds, because I want them to see everything that we're doing. Now those groups aren't always break the, their hips and all those, that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the older people in church are not always the first people that you go to in a, you know, when you need volunteers because right. A lot of times they, are, they can't get around as well. I, there are people who don't really walk around that or I Or they have, think
1: they're irrelevant when they're not. Right. They think that.
0: And sometimes I've had comments from people who have done that and they go, boy, this music is really not, you know. <laughs> there was a song that said, tatted up and women looking skimpy. And I was like, it was talking about what not, it's a Christian's, like Tadashi yeah. is a very well-known yeah. Christian. So anyway, um, and so, you know, maybe that's not a super unpopular opinion. That's just a, something that I do that has, that I enjoy doing. So, okay. Um. I've got one question for you, yeah. Kyle, to to close it out for you here. Have you ever given a last minute message, just waited way too long, given a last minute message and it completely bombed?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're a youth pastor. Uh, it's so. not even, it's not even last minute message. <laughs> it's messages that I spent hours on and I'm thinking, this is awesome. Oh, oh, they're going to love this part. Oh, like, God's gonna move in this part. I'm literally thinking that as I'm writing it, and it's crickets, and it's like people are looking confused. They're on their phones. I had a student fall asleep. Awesome. Um. And and so I and it. I was like, how could I be so off in that? But I've had bomb after bomb, um, especially early on. In, in fact, that was one of my um, desires to say, maybe I don't deserve or what shouldn't be in youth ministry, um, about 10, 15 years ago, about wow. three, three to five years into ministry. I didn't do a lot of tra- training on my message. And so for three to four years straight, all I did was read every book and study everything about giving better messages. But that was like, no one would say, Oh yeah, you're a good teacher. Uh, my first three year ministry. No way. Wow. No way. So yeah, I-, I couldn't name you the exact dates, but I could tell you uh, over and over again, like when in Scripture and in, in Book of Acts, when Paul's giving a message and it either so boring or so long, someone falls asleep, falls out the window and dies. Right? I can relate. Yep. All right. No one has ever died in <laughs> me giving a message, oh but my I can goodness. totally understand how that got to that point. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would be me. You have one more uh, for me. Is that? Uh, yeah. Let's let's this do one last- more. This is a super easy one. All last right? question. Yeah, what ministry thing are you the most embarrassed about? Not necessarily regret, but you're like, man, I can't believe that actually happened. Um,
0: okay. So I asked you the question about your your first six months, right? I mean, so my first year, I had this really annoying kid. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, I'm just uh, we'll this, call him John Doe. <laughs> this story still, like, I'm like, I that was just so terrible of me that I did so we're at a conference and I'm doing karaoke with one of my leaders we're doing like Justin Bieber and this kid who loves attention and loves and he like comes and gets on the stage in the middle of the song and starts doing this really stupid dance thing and I said get off the stage (laughs) in front of everyone? (laughs) everybody I was and I like I said it really mean and I still look back at that and I'm like man (laughs) that's the meanest thing I've ever like I the way I the tone in which I spoke I said that like did he sit down? Oh yeah, he sat down, and he didn't like he didn't sit down and like you know like go like a sad puppy. And I mean, because to, to him, I know that it was just like a okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll go do it somewhere else. He's that annoying, yeah, he didn't realize it. But to me, I look back on it and I'm like, oh, that was mean, mean. Like I apologized to him multiple times, like months later, because it's still like deep inside of me. I'm like, yeah, this, you still feel that embarrassment. The, oh man.
1: Yeah, I still 100%. Yeah, and and I would say for you listening, you're going to have embarrassing moments. You cannot do ministry that involves people and not have awkward, embarrassing moments. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about. So thank you for not judging us. (laughs) Thank you for maybe relating to some of our answers in in this. Um, But I want to throw out a challenge. Uh, If you go to our Instagram page, at the ETA podcast, I want to hear some of your confessions. And this is a no-judge zone. Yep. So we want to hear some of your answers on what is uh, like one thing you just want to confess um, that you did or messed up or regret or want to do over. That, that needs to be out. private.
0: That you know. You can DM us. You can DM us. We will not
1: share it. Yep.
0: Uh, <laughs> We just want to know we're not alone, basically, is all we want to know. But, you know, like Kyle said, you can't do ministry without the awkward moments. But that's what we're all about here is not avoiding or getting rid of awkward moments, but handling them better because out of awkward moments, amazing ministry can happen. Okay, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you had an awkward time with us embracing our weird stories. (laughs) Confessions. Confessions of a youth pastor. Yeah, it's, it's the right time of year for that. So, hey, thanks for hanging out with us and thanks for being our friend. We'll see you next time.